Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Nick, you must be born again. This is what brings you into the family of God. They said in verse 39, look at it. Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were children of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. And I can hear Jesus saying, yes, Abraham is your physical father, but not your spiritual father. If you're children of Abraham, you do the works that Abraham did. Well, then what did Abraham do? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for, anybody know? Righteousness, you know it. Abraham had faith. Abraham received divine visitations. Abraham walked with God, and Abraham trusted God, and Abraham was obedient when God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Abraham was a man of grace. These people are people of works. And you know the story, don't you? Acts chapter 7, read it in your own time. The Bible tells us the God of glory appeared to Abraham when he was an idol-worshiping Gentile in the land of Ur of the Chaldees, Mesopotamia, modern-day Babylon, Iraq. Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was a Gentile. Abraham was an idol-worshiping Gentile, and God appeared to him and won his heart. Genesis 12, God said, get thee out and get thee unto. Get thee out of the land you live in and get thee unto the land that I will show you. By faith, Abraham willingly obeyed God. You know the story. Abraham rented a U-Haul and packed it up, and the Bible says that Abraham was a sojourner. That word sojourner literally means a resident alien a resident alien. In other words, Abraham never put down roots on earth. When Abraham died, he didn't own a thing. Did you know that? When Abraham died, he didn't own a thing. He never owned a house. He never owned a timeshare at Hilton Head. They're nice. Not that I have one, I've been there. He didn't have investments or retirement. He had nothing to leave his kids, which I totally agree with. (laughs) Amen. I love that. Love to see that little bumper stick. I know some of y'all disagree. Don't stop me on the walkway and go, ah. I say spend it all now, parents. (laughs) Spend it all. I love that bumper sticker that says, On a BMW, it's on a really nice car usually, BMW 700 series, really nice car. It says, this is my grandkids' inheritance or something like that. (laughs) Don't you love that? I'm like beeping like, (laughs) love it. He never owned anything. 
The only piece of property that Abraham owned was in Hebron. He bought a burial plot for his wife, Sarah, at Machpelah. Romans chapter 4, verse 3, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4 makes it clear that Abraham's righteousness did not come from his own good works, but from his belief in God. Now, I love to tell you this. Listen, two things characterize Abraham's life. Write it down. A tent and an altar. A tent and an altar. Wherever Abraham went, he pitched a tent and he built an altar. The tent defined his relationship with the world. The altar defined his relationship with the next world. A tent is to say this is temporary. An altar is to say, while I'm here, I think I'll worship. Abraham was a wanderer and a worshiper, a pilgrim and a priest, a stranger and a sojourner. And Abraham's righteousness was attained by faith. Abraham believed God, not, watch this, believe in God. There's a vast difference in believing in God and believing God. The devils believe in God and they do what? They tremble. He believed the God of the Bible. He believed there was a Messiah coming who would provide forgiveness for sin. Abraham believed God. Look at verse 40. But now you seek to kill me. That's bad enough. A man who's told you the truth. That's even worse, which I heard from God. That's infinitely worse. Abraham would not do that, hypocrites. It's bad enough to want to murder, but to kill one who tells you the truth and then to kill the one who tells the truth and speaks for God is ultimate cruelty. So you can see the progressive indictment from Jesus. Obviously, you're not the children of Abraham. You seek to kill me. Abraham didn't murder. Not only that, but Abraham loved the truth. And you want to kill a man who is a messenger of truth. Are you listening? Not only that Abraham loved God, it's no way you are the children of Abraham. Look at verse 41. Now things are really getting grimy and gritty. Look at verse 41. You do the deeds of your father. And they said, yeah, well, we were not born of fornication. Now, obviously, they said, obviously, they said that because they had dug some dirt up on Jesus from his lineage. Because remember, he kept claiming to be God. He kept claiming to be from above, remember? So they probably went to Ancestry.com, <laughs> looked up, and discovered that Mary was pregnant before she was married. In other words, we're not illegitimate and born of some mixed-up union. That's just dirty and low of them, isn't it? But look at verse 43. They hit Jesus pretty hard, but Jesus is going to hit them even harder. Jesus said, why don't you understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. In other words, you don't understand the language, so you can't interpret the sentences right. If a man doesn't understand German and somebody says something in German, he can't understand the sentence because he doesn't know the language. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. You don't understand my language because you don't understand my God's language. You don't understand my speech and my words and my phrases because you don't understand the logos, the inner substance and the content. Ouch! 
Jesus is going to hit him again. Watch this. Jesus is implying, you speak another language. The language of the devil. The devil, your father. Are you with me? Jesus is saying, God is my father. The devil is your father. You are not children of Abraham. And as a matter of fact, you're not even children of God. Bam. Like the kids would say, dang, ooh, he got you right there, man. He got you. <laughs> he got you right there. That's kind of that's how it feels right there. I'm just trying to teach you something. Look at verse 44. Jesus couldn't be more plain. You are of your father, the devil. Can it be any more plain than that? And his desires you want to do, what are they? Murder and lying. Satan is a murderer from the beginning, and he did not abide in the truth. 1 John 2, 4, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Jesus says, Satan speaks lies because the truth is not in him. Satan hates men, and Satan hates the truth, and Satan is not your friend. Did you hear me? Satan is not your friend. He is a liar. He is a murderer. John 10.10, the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and do what? Destroy. Satan doesn't care about you. He wants to destroy people. First Peter 5.8, Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to murder and destroy and devour. He has a passion for murder, and he puts that same passion in the hearts of men. Why do you think that there's so much war in the world? Genocide. That's of the devil. It's not of God. God said, I came to give you life. God wants you to have life, not just exist. Some folks just exist. You just getting by. How you doing, getting by? God wants you to live, not just get by, but have life. He came to give life. Satan came to take life. Satan's not only a murderer, he's a liar. There's no truth in him. Satan is a great counterfeiter, the great liar. He goes by many names, the devil. The son of the morning, Lucifer, the adversary, the prince of the power of the air, the father of lies, a roaring lion, accuser, slander. As a serpent, he deceives. As a lion, he devours. Satan is a superhuman enemy of God and the people of God and the enemy of all that is good and holy. The devil is your enemy, not your friend. Satan isn't infinite. He isn't powerful, all-powerful. He isn't omnipotent. That, that means that he, he doesn't have all power. He isn't omnipresent. That means he can't be everywhere at once. Listen, few people have really encountered the devil. Few have really encountered Satan. One lady said to me, Pastor Rodney, Satan is in my house. I said, well, that can't be true because the person just walked out of my office before you said he was in their house. (laughs) 
There's nothing good in Satan. He's mean. He's ugly. And he means you no good. There's nothing good in his name. Devil. Think about a devil. Who names their kid devil? Think about that. I'll tell you something. Devil. Nobody named a devil. D-E-V-I-L. Take away the D, you have what? Evil. Because he's evil. Take away the E, you have what? Vile. Because he's disgusting and vile. Take away the V, you have what? Ill. Because Satan is yuck. (laughs) I'm working here, people. He's ill. Take away the I, you have what? L. Because that's where he wants to take you. He wants to take you to L. And please, listen, I know I'm out of time. I'm running out of time. I got a couple seconds, but listen, stay with me. Do not, all right, seriously, do not make the mistake of saying that Satan is the opposite of God. I hear that way too often. I repeat, Satan is not the opposite of God. Please don't give him that kind of glory. Satan wishes he was the opposite of God. God has no opposites. God is God all by himself. God is God all by himself. He has no opposites. God is uncreated. God is the master of everything. Satan would be more the opposite of Michael the archangel. Well, in verses 44 through 47, we're coming in for a landing. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, and you do the things he wants you to do. I'm telling you the truth. If I've done anything wrong or sin, then tell me, point it out. Verse 46, which of you convicts me of sin? Listen. If Jesus had ever sinned, they would have been happy to point it out right there. The sinless Savior only loves people and wants them to be saved. And Jesus said, why would you reject me? I'm confident he's still asking that question today. Why would you reject me? Why would you not come to me? Why would you not love me? Why would you not receive me? I'm talking to you. If I say the truth, why don't you believe me? He who is of God hears God's word. Look at verse 47, literally continues to hear God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. The problem is they stop hearing God's word. And the problem with the church today is that they have stopped hearing God's word. And how can I stand here and say that? Because I can tell you this. If you're not teaching this, you've stopped hearing God. Because God speaks through this. Am I right about it? This is God's word to you. This is God talking to you. And prayer is you talking to God. And that's fellowship. That's communion. I'm talking to God and God's talking to me. And when you stop reading this, God stops speaking. And if God ain't speaking, 
You ain't hearing nothing. And that is why the church is in the condition it is in today. My heart grieves for the church. Because we've seen it's hard to find a church teaching the Bible. I told you last week that the lady and her daughter was here this morning at first service. I told you last week they came back to Calvary Chapel because over at the church at Beep, they were doing Thriller for a worship song. Thriller. And then today somebody just told me they knew who I was talking about. And they said they, they've heard them doing a song from Black Sabbath. Okay, that's just evil. That is perverting the things of God. You do not take worship and turn it into music that glorifies the devil. What do you think God's going to do about that? You think he goes just, just twiddle his fingers and go, oh, well, it's all, it's all good. I mean, we, you know, everybody has their form of expression. You think? I don't. That's why I don't know what you think about the worship here at Calvary Chapel. And quite honestly, I'm not that concerned. But I will tell you this. I'm just keeping it 100. You know how I do. All right, y'all love me. Y'all love me? All right. Don't judge and pray for me. But I can tell you what. To me, it is important that the words up on that screen represent what's in this book. So that's what we sing about. And even Wednesday night, y'all got to come to church on Wednesday night. What's wrong with you? Get your chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A and get over here. Just don't bring your chicken sandwich in here. Eat it out there. Actually, Wednesday night is quite crowded. If you, too many more people will be going to two services. It's packed. It's packed. And I'm blessed by that. That's a mature church. Somebody asked me one time, I was at the gym, and a guy said to me, uh, what church you go to? I was talking to him a long time. and finally got around. He said, what you do? I said, oh, well, uh, I uh, teach. And he said, really? You teach? We got to talking more and more and more. What do you teach? I said, uh... Uh, world history. And he said, uh, <laughs> I'm good at this. And he said, uh, he says, so world history, really? What about world history? I said, well, you know, we had, we had been talking about the church and he was talking about Calvary Chapel and he was talking about, oh, that church, they got, they got a parking problem. And he, you know, he's like, they got cars everywhere. They're cars everywhere. And he, and the thing that stuck out to him, he said, I'm amazed. I drove by there like a 730 one night and it was Pack. There was a bunch of cars. Like, what they doing in there? Were they giving anything away free? I said, I have fun with that because I don't like to tell people I'm the pastor. Because as soon as I tell them I'm the pastor, here comes the holy. You know what I mean? Here comes the holy. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I'm the pastor of church. Really? Well, I want to shandalalala. Be like what? All of a sudden, they're speaking in tongues. Oh, shana balalo. <laughs> so I don't tell people I'm a pastor. I just, you know, do my thing. And uh, he's like, oh, they got so many cars there. You know, on a Wednesday night. 
I said, yeah. And uh, finally told him I was the pastor. Oh, you're the pastor of the church. And he, th- he said, oh, he thought I was one of the pastors of the church. And I said, finally got around to tell him I'm the senior. Oh, you're the senior pastor of the church. You know, that took him a little bit off guard. And uh, I don't know, maybe because I, I don't know. Well, whatever. What are you at? And uh, so he was quite shocked that there were so many people coming on a Wednesday night. But see, when you're teaching God's word, I, I, I still do believe this. And the moment I stop believing this will be the moment you will not see me in this pulpit. When I stop believing that this is the answer for life, when I stop believing that this book is really alive and able to change and, 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 and has the power to change and will change, if somebody, anybody, will just stand up and say what it says. You don't have to be that smart. You don't have to be that smart. Don't say amen, but... I mean, really, you don't need to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. All you have to, you know what? I really believe God will move powerfully if you get up. And you know, I always tell you a story about Nick, Lebru- Nick LeBruno. Nick LeBruno was, he's probably one of the most born preachers I ever heard in my life. God knows Nick would get up and preach and people would be like. The moment that man, and I mean, he was not an expositor and a great Golden orator. Nothing like that. He just got up and about said what the word said. He about read the scripture. I'm like, hey, what about that word right there? He about read the scripture. That was about it. He opened his mouth in the altar call and people, whew. I'm, I'm looking at, how does he do that? I mean, I'll tell you, I'm all in the Greek. I'm digging down deep, and oh, it means to make germinate and progress and make advance. And I'm doing everything I can. And one person gets saved. He, yeah, well, anybody want to get saved? Come on down front. And people, yeah, Jesus, oh, I want the Lord, oh, Jesus. I'm like, how does he do that? And then I come to realize it isn't him doing it. It's the Holy Spirit doing it. And if... And my point is, is that you don't need to be a rocket scientist. All you need to do is get up and te- read, read the Bible. It is life. You can't add anything to this to make it any better. You think you can improve upon this? Good luck with that. You can't. And the moment I believe, and I cease to believe that this word has power, I will stop preaching. I will cease to be your pastor. Because I believe that if somebody, anybody, anybody will just stand up and say what God's word says, I think God's word will go out and do what it does. All the preacher is is a seed caster. That's all he is. All I do is get up in the morning, get up here, and just take some seed, which is the word of God, and just go, and the word of God does this, Right? The word of God does this, 
and the Holy Spirit does that, and the heart does this, and the mouth cries out to God. That's how it works. I'm a seed caster. The preacher's a seed caster. Not better than you, no higher than you, ain't not up here, no big eyes, little U's, put my pants on one leg, same time you do. Well, not same time, I mean same, same way. I'm like, same time, okay, ready, and left. <laughs> and right, and <laughs> same way. You know what I'm saying, y'all know what I mean, same way. Everybody do the same thing. <laughs> I never know what's going to happen up here. I'll tell you, I never, it's amazing. I never know. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.